rest stop. Brad Restituto. Comes up the pocket. Fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Welcome to the rest stop. It's Christmas Eve 2020. I'm Brad Restituto. Alongside me, Spencer the Wiz. You can follow us on social media, myself on Twitter at Brad the Believer, and Spencer on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. We've got a good Christmas Eve show in store for you today as the NBA is underway and in full throttle. After uh, a couple days, they had opening tip the night before last, and then most of the teams were in action last night. And then, of course, the great Christmas Day schedule coming up tomorrow. And then, of course, we've got some Christmas Day football as well as the Vikings will take on the New Orleans Saints and then our Week 16 pick segment. So we'll get right into it. But first off, uh, as Spencer the Wiz joins me, it is Christmas Eve. And Spence, I know you don't typically celebrate Christmas, but uh, happy holidays to you, my friend. You've got the festive sweater going on. I've got my reindeer ears, and uh, it's a happy holidays to you, and thanks for joining me as you always do. I appreciate all that you do, my friend. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody uh, who listens on the podcasting stuff too, of course, not just the live audience. Uh, I have lots of uh, really good Christmas memories, so it's still a pretty special holiday to me. I got plenty of family to celebrate, so I've been around it a lot. If you were to pick, uh, I guess I guess we'll get into what Brian Bravo always asks us now that it's uh, apropos since it's Christmas Eve. Do you have any Christmas movies that uh, go up on the top of your list or any that are, are, are fun for you to watch? I mean, there's so many out there to choose from. Yeah, I'm a classicalist, so I love Elf and all the old animated movies like the I, now I can't remember the name, but the basically the one where he becomes Santa Claus. Those are my favorites for sure. That, those trump everything. Yeah, I'm a home. I like Home Alone. There's so many good ones. You mentioned Elf, which has been on uh, television. There's there's so many good Christmas movies. It's starting to get a little cold out here in, in Las Vegas, where we're at, Spence. It's kind of been in the 40s for the most part, so it's starting to really feel like winter. We don't have snow on the ground out here, out in Mount Charleston. There's some snow out there, but starting to get a little cold out there. As you can see, Spence has his sweater on. I have a sweater on along with the reindeer ears here as well. So we're getting into the holiday spirit and Bravo will be excited to see your uh, star Wars Christmas sweater there, Spence. So uh, now as far as holiday food goes, are you more of a Turkey or ham guy or, or what do you think is, is kind of the consensus among people that celebrate the holidays as far as their meal consumption around the holidays? Is it Turkey? Is it ham? Is it something else? Yeah, I feel like the objective right choice is ham. It feels weird to have Christmas Day turkey. That's that's meant for Thanksgiving. Now you have ham on Thanksgiving too, but that's also a staple. I go, I'm going with ham here. Spence, uh, last question on on the holiday uh, enjoyments. Are you an eggnog guy, or have you ever tried eggnog? I I think it's disgusting. <laughs> I I've tried it as a kid, and then I thought as an adult maybe. I think I was like 18 the last time I tried it, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll like it, especially if you put a little you know, booze and stuff in there. I, I may have tried it when I was 21. I still didn't like it. It's just disgusting. I, I, I know I've tried it once or twice. It's been quite a long time, so I don't really recall, but I know there's 
when you go down the grocery aisles, there's eggnog creamer, there's eggnog everywhere. So I know it's popular, but it's been so many years since I've tried it. I can't even recall. So my family or friends really haven't been big eggnog people. So it's not like, oh, I know for sure it's going to be where I'm going. So I'm going to be trying it this year. I think I'd have to go out of my way to try it. Spence, getting into sports, what are your thoughts now? Typically, Christmas Day is filled with basketball. It's a great day, but we have NFL football as well. So what do you think about the double dipping with NBA basketball and NFL football, along with bowl season as well, college bowl season, although it's lost its luster with so many teams dropping out. It's just not the same this year, of course. If you're a diehard college football fan or you got money on it, you probably have some interest in some of these games. But I know they've gotten bowl season underway, but got quite the – selection of sports now on christmas day it, 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 a lot of people are going to want to be with their families but a lot of guys are going to be like i want to be by the tv and watching these sporting events yeah and this honestly i think it's a really big day for basketball because they got put in their place so to speak uh when they were overlapping with the nfl season for a little bit there because nba ratings tanked and then you go look in the finals ratings they were the lowest since i think like 2005 2003 something really bad I don't know if something like that changes over the offseason, if Kevin Durant is truly that big of a draw to the game of basketball. All I know is that he, uh, Adam Silver is going to be white-knuckling it the entire day watching the ratings because they need to have a showing. If the NFL dominates him again, basketball will never, ever overlap with that, with football for the rest of time, that's for sure. It's going to be interesting to check that out. We'll, we'll revisit that next week. Uh, on Tuesday, and we'll see how the NBA shaped up on Christmas Day. Uh, I, me and you are big basketball fans, Spence. I know a lot of people out there, they're not typically big NBA fans. I don't know why, because if you like basketball, the talent in the NBA is as good as it's ever been. We talked about that on Tuesday. And with college sports, you see a lot of young guys either going overseas, going to the G League. College basketball just isn't the same. So uh, I don't see the luster in college basketball, but like I said, I have – handful of friends here in town that are just diehard college basketball junkies and they can't get enough of it. So it's, uh, it's an interesting balance, but you would think unanimously or maybe not unanimously, but the NBA would be more popular than college basketball. And, and plus a lot of these guys that do go to college, they have to find their way into the NBA from some capacity, but we've seen the mix with European superstars and uh, really one, one and done guys and, just the, for my money, the NBA is just so talented and so fun to watch right now with, with just such a diversity of talent. Would you agree with that, Spence? No, this is this feels like the golden era of basketball. I, we talked about it before about how many teams like dominated championships. I mean, the list was really small, and I, I think the gap is getting a little closer now, especially when LeBron tires. I think you could see the passing of the torch go not just to one player, but a few. And that's really what I would love to see. The more diverse the talent is in basketball, the more fun it is to watch because it basically makes every game interesting. And what else we have now is just a bunch of young guys who are looking to kind of take on that role like Zion Williamson. So not only is it fun to watch the guys who are stars now, but the guys who might be able to be stars in the future as well. Well, Spence, we talked about it on Tuesday uh, as the NBA was set to tip off. I believe it did tip off on on Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday night, NBA tipped off, had a handful of games on the schedule, but almost everybody was in action last night. It was more like the true opening last night. One game, though, already postponed, Spence, due 
to COVID and a guy getting a lot of heat for that, James Harden. And the Rockets were not able to throw out eight guys on the court. They had to post, postpone that game against Oklahoma City. And James Harden photos surfaced of him possibly at a strip club, no mask. And he got a lot of the heat, Spence. And in my opinion, this is something with him looking to move on from this Houston organization. It does not help his trade value being in a situation or a controversy or a conversation like he was in, in the Rockets having to miss their opening game of the season. Uh, not good, a good sign for Harden, not good for the Rockets, and really not good for the NBA. Yeah, I think I figured it out. James Harden, in his mind, thinks that he's Jimmy Butler when he was on um, Minnesota because he was unhappy. People were criticizing him. And I think in James Harden's mind, he's like, I'm exactly like that. I'm on a team I don't want to be, so I'm going to act out. But there's a huge difference. Jimmy Butler was upset because Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins were not winners and that they didn't they weren't able to match his energy on the team. And all he cared about was winning basketball. So when he went to Miami, he kept that same moniker and did that. That's not what James Harden is doing. James Harden's just being an, an asshat, excuse my language, and uh, you know, showing himself to be a clown. And I don't know what any team would want him now after seeing this. This has nothing to do with winning. It's about him being a spoiled brat. And he already ruined the Houston Rockets. So I, he better hope that Daryl is willing to, to deal Penn Simmons because I'm not sure there's a team in the NBA now who's going to touch this with a 10-foot pole. Spence, that's a huge deal, those comments. And you could be right there. Uh, this is not good for his trade value and him wanting to get out of Houston. And with already getting off to a bad start and, and a John Wall who just wants to get back to playing, he hasn't played in almost two seasons, uh, you're not going to be mixing well with the guys in that locker room. And we've already talked about on Tuesday some skirmishes in practice with Harden already. Them having to miss a game is not going to help the matter. Uh, James Harden has got to get his head on straight quick or this locker room is not going to get together and, and rally around this guy. They're going to turn on him. And on top of that, his trade value is going to be very much dwindling as Houston's not going to want to give him away for free. And like you said, if the Sixers aren't willing to deal Simmons, it's going to be an uphill climb to find a trade suitor that's going to match what Houston's looking to get for for James Harden. Yeah, I mean, he still has three years left on his deal, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they were just this all came from an extension. I mean, they offered him one of the best deals he could ever have. It was like a hundred million dollar extension over two years. He declines that. Especially for no, up there. Yeah, there's there's no rush for them. Uh, to to make this trade happen, I mean, is he probably not going to play as hard as he as he usually does? No, but I mean, a seventy five percent James Harden still, you know, it's going to get you some wins, and it would have to be something truly disastrous for them. And I think what's more likely to happen before this trade is if they just sit him and they don't let him play, and they kind of just freeze his value, and then they go from there. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Happy Christmas Eve to everybody listening out there. And uh, joining us on the rest stop today, I'm Brad Restituto. And if you miss any part of the show, make sure you check out the podcast version of the show. You can do that on Google Podcasts, Audio Boom, iTunes. Just search Landry Football Conference Call and the rest stop will be underneath there. Subscribe, like, listen to us on your way to work, on your way from work. Whatever you're listening to your podcast, make sure you check us out. Spence, let's get into some of the NBA games last night. It was pretty much a full slate of games. Uh, we'll, we'll go through some of these quicker than others. The first game I have on the list, 
The Cleveland Cavaliers got a nice win against the Charlotte Hornets, 121 to 114. Larry Nance Jr. pretty much filled up the stat sheet for Cleveland as he almost had a triple-double as he had 13 points, I believe 13 rebounds, eight assists, a few steals, a couple blocks in there. Uh, Charlotte's top pick, LaMelo Ball, did not get in the starting lineup, nor did he get it in the scoring sheet as he only played 16 minutes, no points. And Charlotte loses by seven. But the star for Charlotte, Terry Rozier, had 42 points last night. Not enough as Charlotte can't beat Cleveland last night, Spence. Quick thoughts on that game. Yeah, and everybody was really hyping up Lamella Ball. I think he does have a lot of skill, but I talked about how much he's going to struggle to score. I, I'm surprised he only played 16 minutes. I mean, that must reflect something in practice. Everyone was saying he looked great in the preseason. Again, I saw that one preseason game. He did not look that fantastic. The turnovers are going to be a massive problem. He's not going to help them defensively either. So Charlotte has a long way to go. They're just going to be fun to watch. That doesn't mean they're going to be good and. I mean, they can't, losing to Cleveland, this was supposed to be the year they take a little bit of a step forward with the team that they have, and it looks like they've taken two steps back. It's only one game. I'm not going to obviously say that's going to happen for the rest of the season, but they're going to have to show me something in the first week of basketball to prove me wrong when I make a statement like that. Spence, I, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers team, I think they can be live in a lot of games this year. By no means do I think that they're going to be in contention for a playoff spot, but I think there's going to be – anywhere from five to 15 games this year, that many games where they're going to be an underdog and they play well and have a chance to win. I like some of their young guys. They did this last night with no Kevin Love. If Kevin Love gets back healthy and committed to uh, being effective, he's just another piece uh, that can mix in well with these young guys. And I think they can win some games. I don't think they're going to win 35, 40 games, but I do think they have an opportunity to go over their season win total, which I don't have that in front of me. But I think they can win 25 to to possibly at the very high end 30 games, Spence. I did. Even though that's with a shortened season, that that's a lot. Uh, so, like I said, on the very high end, 30. So we'll revisit that. I'm saying that after one game, Spence. And you know how some of my predictions have been down the road. They've looked good. We'll, see, we'll revisit this one uh, closer to February and see if they're on track for that. But I think if they can stay healthy, I think Cleveland will upset a handful of teams. In an Eastern Conference – that has a Knicks squad that may be the worst. Um, there's some teams that they, they, they can beat in that Eastern Conference, although from top to bottom, the East may be a little bit better. A team like Chicago, uh, you don't know what you're going to get from some of these teams night in and night out. Spence, next game on the, on the list, and you know quite a few Knicks fans, and that's the team we just briefly mentioned. Uh, they got beat pretty handily by Indiana, 121-107. Almost everybody in the starting lineup was in double figures for Indiana except – TJ Warren, uh, the Knicks' leading scorer was R.J. Barrett, but that was really it. Obi Toppin had nine points. He wasn't great from the field, their first-round pick. And the New York Knicks, top to bottom, I like Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, of course, young guy. But other than that, not a lot excites you about the New York Knicks roster. And Knicks fans, again, Spence, are, are just pulling out their hair, and they're, they're thinking, when are we ever going to get back to even discussing being in the playoffs? They're that bad. Yeah, and let's just go over their starting lineup. Uh, that's pretty much the story of the Knicks this year for me. They are starting Alfred Payton, R.J. Barrett, Reggie Bullock, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. There is no spacing in that lineup. As long as that's their starting lineup, they're not going to win basketball games. That's all I need to know for now. And the fact that Obi Toppin hasn't been able to make the starting lineup, he went 3 of 12. It could be another disaster class, especially if Tyrese Halliburton is as good as I expect him to be. 
once again, Knicks fans are just going to be, you know, face palming themselves for the entire yeah. season. That's what I expect to happen. Unfortunate for Knicks fans is such a storied franchise. You'd love to see back in the conversation may not happen for quite some time. Spent an upset in the next matchup, the Orlando magic. We've talked about them a little bit that they've got some talent. They get it. They get a win at home and they get the, the underdog straight up win. 113, 107 over the Miami heat. Uh, Bam Adebayo led Miami with 25 points, 11 rebounds. Evan Fournier led Orlando with 25 points, four assists, three steals. Um, Former first overall pick Markel Fultz signed a small extension with Orlando. They're trying to get some continuity. Uh, rookie Cole Anthony had a very nice preseason. Orlando gets the upset win over Miami uh, opening night. Nice win for the Magic. And uh, if I'm looking at what uh, Cole Anthony did, he played 19 minutes. He only had six points. Uh, Ter- Terrence Ross came off the bench with 19 points in 29 minutes. Uh, a nice win for Orlando. Aaron Gordon back in the lineup. Does this mean anything to you in, in opening night for the Heat, or is it just going to maybe take a little time? The Heat had a short turnaround as after playing in the finals, had some guys banged up. Uh, probably not much to be said after uh, just one game of action. Yeah, I, I think there is a lot of validity what you said. We saw the Lakers look a little slow to start out. Now, I think that had a lot to do with the fact that they played the Clippers. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just think Orlando's too obsessed with continuity, and they – don't realize that they actually need to like build a team that has a lot of talent on it. They signed Markel Fultz to an extension that higher than Kyle Kuzma. That's a huge problem. He should not be getting a three-year extension worth $50 million. No, it doesn't sound like much, but I mean, he went six of 15. He did improve last season, but he is no, by no means looking like the number one overall pick in an NBA draft. I, he better think his, uh, you know, his agent a lot. <laughs> Orlando is going to be the seven or eight seed. That's what it's going to come down to every single season, and they're going to get bounced in the first in the first uh, playoff round every single year. I don't know why they would re-sign Terrence Ross to a huge deal. Uh, Gordon, I guess you can keep, but I mean, you can just go down the list. Like Vucevic and Gordon should be your only priorities, but for some reason they think everybody is, and I I don't know. I just don't get it. Spence, the next game, the Washington Wizards, new look with Russell Westbrook, took on the uh, 76ers, led by Doc Rivers, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. That game came down to the end, Spence. It was pretty much tied up with around a minute left. Philadelphia pulled away late, and they got the win 113-107. Bradley Beal looked great for Washington. Uh, they have Their young guy, uh, the European guy, I don't know how to say his last name, uh, Ajeda or – Oh, uh, Danny Ajvia? I can't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's been playing some, some significant minutes. So I know Washington lost the game, but they were kind of competitive and they looked good at times. Uh, tell me a little bit about the young guy. Uh, he got some extensive minutes. Me and you talked off the air who's going to show themselves for rookie of the year. Uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, Westbrook did have a triple-double, 21 points, 11 rebounds, 15 assists, but – at the end, the Sixers scored 40 points in that fourth quarter and uh, and got the win as they, as they were down uh, for the most part in that game. And then that big fourth quarter propelled them to a victory. It would have not been good look for the Sixers and Doc Rivers, especially with the hard and trade conversation for them to lose opening night. But they did get the win, and which was one of the more exciting games of the evening, Spence. No, I, uh, I like the Wizards' long-term kind of look. You got Bradley Beal. I don't think... You know, we, we criticize Westbrook, but I mean, you know, he has playoff experience. He's probably going to be able to take them to the playoffs in the East for sure. And I like Denny a lot. And keep in mind, 
for everybody listening. He played in Europe, so he's playing European minutes. I think he came off the bench in Europe as well. They, I don't know. Their basketball system is just so drastically different than ours. Uh, so he's never – I don't – he's not used to playing 28 minutes a game, that's for sure. But they have lots of young guys. Uh, you know, Trent Brown we all know about. Bertons I'm a big fan of. And I, I can't think of the other kid's name. He's from – uh, from France, uh, Rory Hachimura. He was hurt today, so that could have been a big factor. But they have yeah. talent all the way up and down. It's going to take a couple mm-hmm. years because these guys are just going into their sophomore season. Some of them are junior years. But be on the lookout for them in the short term and the long term. I'll, I'll be watching them as much as I can this season. Yeah, they're going to be a good team to watch, Spence. The next game was uh, prime time on TNT. It had the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Boston Celtics. I didn't get a chance to watch too much of this one. I was flipping around watching some of the other young uh, talented players, but this one ended up being a really good one, Spence. The Celtics get the win, 122-121. A huge shot from Jason Tatum to give them the lead, and then Giannis had an opportunity to tie the game, send it to overtime from the free throw line. He only goes one out of two, and the Bucks lose by one. So kind of a heartbreaker opening night for Milwaukee, especially with that extension, but uh, very exciting for Celtics fans and Jason Tatum. It is. So, so the Celtics should uh, keep their – Heads up high, you know, it's a big win against a uh, conference rival, someone who they're probably going to have to play in the playoffs at some point. They want to go to the finals. But I'm not saying that Giannis had a bad game or anything, and but I don't know. He just, there doesn't seem to be a third gear for him. Like his second gear is 30 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks. But the third gear is hitting those free throws, hitting those three-pointers when your team needs them. I think he just doesn't have the juice. He He's the most talented player without the juice I've ever seen in sports history. But until he unlocks it, I don't think Milwaukee's going anywhere. Yeah, you could be spot on there, Spence. And it's going to be unfortunate for that franchise and for Bucks fans if Giannis can't make that step and, and give them the juice they need to propel them to the finals. We saw the Heat do it improbably. Uh, the Bucks have been the favorite for probably the last four or five years to come out of the East, and they've yet to do it. And a team like Toronto not only came out of the East, but won it a few years ago, which is very much an outlier. And Milwaukee and Giannis hope to be that same outlier for the Eastern Conference. Next game, Spence, a, a nice upset. The New Orleans Pelicans, they take care of the Toronto Raptors, 113-99. Toronto playing their games in Tampa this year. Uh, a nice win for the Pelicans, and they were really propelled uh, by a strong second half, scoring 38 points in the third quarter and 25 in the fourth, Brandon Ingram had 24 points, nine rebounds, 11 assists. Alonzo Ball had a solid performance. I think he went uh, four of eight from three-point range. Zion, uh, double-double. He's looking healthy. And uh, if the Pelicans stay healthy, they're going to be pretty competitive this year, uh, especially if Lonzo will be able to shoot the ball pretty decently from outside, which his stroke looks improved. I know you're not sold yet, Spence, but uh, he definitely wants to have more repeat performances like he had last night going about – 40, 50% from three-point range. And getting to the free throw line, being aggressive also at the basket. I like the Pelicans a lot. I mean, you go down their starting lineup, these are talented NBA players. If they finish the season with less wins than the Mavericks and it's a complete failure, I don't know if that even puts them in the playoffs, just how competitive the West is in general, but I think that should be their baseline goal. I know they're a young team, but at some point it's got to be more than you're just a young team and it's not happening right now. Uh, so this is the season to step up. They start the season off with a nice victory, and we'll see what they can do going forward. 
And Spence, J.J. Redick was awesome. Uh, he's coming off the bench this year, and if he stays that way, he'll be a front runner for sixth man of the year. He had 29 minutes, went 6 of 11 from three-point range, had 23 points, and I watched a lot of that game. He had some really big shots. I love the addition of Steven Adams, Spence. Uh, he only had eight points uh, and eight rebounds, but he made a really nice move in the fourth quarter. He got uh, a bounce pass on a pick and roll, made a nice Euro step at the basket. Steven Adams is a skilled guy. And I really like his rim protection down low. He's so strong having him, Zion Williamson, and Brandon Ingram uh, in your starting front court, and then Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe. Like you said, there's some talent on this roster. Um, and J.J. Redick, man, if he plays like he's capable of and like he did last night, the Pelicans uh, will be competitive, man, because he's their shooter. Brandon Ingram's become a better shooter from outside. And like I said, if Lonzo can even be a little bit like he was last night going four from eight from three. It's going to make the Pelicans that much more dangerous to get a nice upset win and they pull away in the fourth quarter. Next up, Spence, a uh, really exciting game. The Atlanta Hawks, they took care of the Chicago Bulls, 124-104, and just an amazing first half from the Atlanta Hawks as they score a franchise high, uh, eight, a franchise high 83 points in the first half. Uh, it's sensational first half from Atlanta. And the Bulls tried to hang tough. They scored uh, 59 in the first half, but just way too much Hawks, led by Trey Young, 37 points, seven assists, six rebounds. And Trey Young, man, Spence, he's he's a really talented guy. Nice addition of Gallinari. Bogdanovich had a really nice game. And Atlanta, they came out of the gates hot last night, a very exciting game. And, of course, that record-setting first half for Atlanta. Yeah, scoring is not going to be the issue for Atlanta this year. Uh, their two new additions are all cap very much capable of scoring 20 points in any given game. It's the defensive side that they've had such major struggles with. I don't think their first-round pick is going to do anything about that either. But you know, it is the Bulls. I mean, I don't, I'm not very high in the Bulls this season, but they did hold them to 104. That's more important to me than scoring the franchise high in the first half. If they can continue to do that, especially against East opponents, They'll be in contention for the eighth seed. I mean, that would be a really big step forward for them. And I said they need to add a little more experience uh, to the team. And they kind of did that, uh, adding to the center position. And now Gallinari, a guy who's a pretty much seasoned veteran. We'll, we'll see if those two uh, combined can make the difference. Spence, the next matchup, your Memphis Grizzlies took on the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs got the 131-119 victory. One of the higher scoring games of the night. John ja, ja Morant, of course, the superstar for the Grizzlies, but Greg Popovich still leading the charge for the Spurs. Not a lot of talk about them, but uh, I imagine you had your eyes on this game a little bit. Talk about both teams just for a minute, Spence. The Spurs, uh, are, are they always going to be in the conversation with Greg Popovich leading the charge? Because uh, they had a nice, nice game, and they're one of the few teams that still – you, you'll see move that ball around the per perimeter, having good ball movement, playing team basketball. Uh, they got a nice win against a talented Mil Memphis team who was in the playoffs last year, or at least yeah. fought for the playoffs there yeah. down towards the end. Well, yeah, they designed an entire tournament to make sure they didn't make the playoffs. But uh, Jaron Jackson was out, so that's probably the biggest point. I mean, it sucks that he's the defensive acre of the team because he's he picks up so many fouls. But him and Jonas will be a decent pairing down below, but the Grizzlies just aren't very talented defensively. Dylan Brooks can't guard anybody. John Morant's not going to kill anybody on defense at all. I hate watching Kyle Anderson play basketball. Uh, but, I mean, I can go on about how upset I am about the Grizzlies every day. Uh, well, you talk about the Spurs. This is the most athletic Spurs team I've ever seen. It pains me to see Rudy Gay play so well because he should still be a Memphis Grizzly. 
but Lonnie Walker, he got rid of that goofy haircut that he had. It, it, hard to recognize him, actually. If you watch him on the court, you're like, wait a second, that's Lonnie Walker. But he's so fast. He's so active defensively and athletic. This guy can do a lot of what you want to do on a basketball team. Uh, and then they still have Murray and Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge. They could legitimately make the playoffs this year. And DeMar DeRozan, I didn't even mention who they should probably move on from and get someone else. But I like a lot of what they're doing. They're going to be able to take advantage of young and experienced teams like the Grizzlies all season long. Expect them to be at teams like the Hawks and the Knicks. They're going to beat up on teams like that who are just undisciplined. So big win for the Spurs. I mean, it was one they probably should have won. I think they're three-point uh, dogs going into it, but I don't really understand what that means without Jaron Jackson. I don't know if that came down late. It was a good game, though. It was very entertaining. It's just so fun to have basketball back. That was the that was the game for me. I'm like, wow, this is really it. Basketball is back in the regular season. Spence, I got to ask you a Grizzlies question. Former Duke standout Grayson Allen seemed to be in the starting lineup. Is this somebody that's going to start significant – amount of games for Memphis this year? I hope so. Uh, I love Dusty Hannes. I love the, the team from top to bottom is, is extremely talented. I mean, Grayson Allen has shown that he's a very reliable three-point shooter, which is just so awesome. Uh, I was so high. I mean, that was one of the guys who just slipped under their cracks in the Mike Conley trade. The Grizzlies 100%, I believe, won that trade just in terms of a, uh, in long term. Uh, Brandon Clark was also part of that first round pick. He was the one that eventually turned into that uh, for, for the Mike Conley trade. So those two together are really good. Although Brandon Clark played awful. He tweaked his shot and it looks really bad this season. So hopefully something like that gets ironed out. But I, yeah, Grayson Allen is great defensively. He's a three and D player at the two position. That is really rare. There you go, Spence. The next game we have on the list, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got a 111-101 victory over the Detroit Pistons. Carl Anthony Towns led the way for Minnesota, but Detroit may be one of the worst teams in the league this year. But I know the Timberwolves have to feel good about getting off on the right foot with a win uh, on their first game. Yeah, you're supposed to win the game, and you do. I don't know what Detroit's thinking. I don't understand any of their moves. Their GM just got caught up in the enamor of it's his first season. Patience is key in the NBA because – if you try to go all in and you might collapse, I'm not saying the Mo- that's going to happen to the Milwaukee Bucks, but I could definitely see a situation where it is. And before we even talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and the Pistons being at all similar, they got to get a star player, which they for sure don't have. Gillian Hayes doesn't look that great. A guy who can't use his left hand surprises and having a, a big start to his NBA career. They got a long ways to go, and I just don't like them at all. I don't like anything about them. Spence, the next game had the only overtime game of the night in Denver. The Sacramento Kings got a tip in at the buzzer from Buddy Heald, and they get the 124-122 victory over the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic led the way for Denver with 29 points, 15 rebounds, 14 assists. Great stats for Jokic, but not in a winning fashion. Harrison Barnes had 21-9 for the Sacramento Kings, but Buddy Heald with that great tip in. Nice win for the Kings, but we talked about them a little bit before the start of the show, Spence. A franchise who has just been decimated over the last two decades since the uh, the Weber Vlade teams uh, in Sacramento. They just have really whiffed big time in drafts and have not reached their potential. But they get a nice win here in opening night. Yeah, this just tells me that the Nuggets aren't playing serious uh, for this season that started out. I think they came in thinking that they were all that tough stuff for making it to the conference finals. Uh, I, again, it's only one game, so but that's a pretty sad start to the season. They shouldn't be losing that game. Not that the Kings are the worst team in the league, but if you're looking to have aspirations to be the one, two, or three seed, you can't start your season off uh, 
barely, you know, just playing an overtime game against the Kings. They got to step up. And I don't think their um, schedule is getting any easier going into Christmas Day. So they got to figure it out quick before, you know, they get off to like one of these three and five starts or something like that. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Uh, we'll see what how they respond in the locker room and how they respond on Christmas, more importantly. Spence, two of the nightcap games last night saw, for me, was was one of the more surprising ones. Utah Jazz uh, really wiped the floor with the Portland Trailblazers, 120-100. Dame Lillard was shut out in the first half, Spence. Zero points the first time in over five years. He only had nine points for the game, and the Blazers lost by 20. After signing a big contract, Rudy Gobert has 20 points, 17 rebounds. Spider Mitchell had 20 points. Donovan Mitchell, 20 points, five assists. And he was four from 10 for three. Look, uh, Utah looks like a, a complete team top to bottom. Uh, Jordan Clarkson will be in the conversation for sixth man of the year. He's feeling really good about his contract extension. He had 15 points and seven rebounds. Uh, and the Jazz blow out Portland. And Dame Lillard only nine points, which was maybe the surprise of the entire night from top to bottom in the NBA. Yeah, he's trying to ruin my uh, Dark Horse MVP pick as quickly as possible <laughs> for no reason. Uh, but, the, you know, they'll be okay. But uh, honestly, the, the narrative I'm hearing around the Portland Trailblazers is, on Sirius XM Radio Channel 86, the NBA channel, is that they're going to be the three seed in the West or something like that. I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> uh, they're going to be lucky to make the playoffs once again. Now, I mean, they're going to, if they have a fully healthy team, are they going to make the playoffs? I, I really do think they will. I think they could be a seven seed. But what have they proven since their conference finals championship run that they can? piece it together defensively enough to be the three seed and also just play consistently. This proves to me that they're exactly what I thought they were. Uh, and they'll get big wins sprinkled in throughout the season. And they'll just be happy being the seventh seed and hopefully make some noise once again in the playoffs. That's just the narrative around them every single year. I think signing a Supermax deal is the worst thing you can do for your franchise. And we'll see if I'm right again this season. You could be right there, Spence. I, I'm not going to give you much fight there. I could, I could see how you shape that up. I could see that playing out. Final game of the night last night saw the Phoenix Suns get a victory over the Dallas Mavericks, 106-102. Of course, the Mavericks will be without Kristaps Porzingis for probably another month. Uh, Luka Doncic will have to lead the way. He had 32 points, and he also had eight rebounds and five assists. That was not enough. Uh, as the Suns got the win, Chris Paul only eight points in his Suns debut, but Devin Booker had 22. Um, not his best shooting night, two of six from three, eight of 15 from the field, but uh, they got – Compliments from uh, Mikel Bridges had 18, DeAndre 18, 13. Um, so the Suns get a nice victory in opening night. The Dallas Mavericks, Spence, uh, my guy for, for Dallas, Boban Mogdanovich, did not play last night. Why is he not getting minutes? This guy is a firecracker for Dallas, uh, and they lose 106-102. Boban, no minutes opening night. That was the most disappointing thing in that game for me. This isn't a, a Globetrotters game. A guy who's that big who can't move laterally is going to get just torn apart. It's fun. No, to watch he's got great touch. He does have good touch, but I mean, come on. On the defensive side of the ball, it, all you have to do is put him up top. You're going to score at like an 80% rate. It's nothing he can do about it. He's just not athletic enough to make to get it done. You can't keep him in the game for extended periods of time. We're going to get crushed. There you have it. Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad Restituto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad the Believer. Spence, let's run down our Christmas Day NBA schedule. Um, we'll highlight a couple games more than others. Uh, Pelicans Heat, that, that'll start us off at 9 o'clock here in Vegas. Um, 
that's going to be a good game, Spence. I'm going to be excited to watch that one. The Pelicans coming off a nice win last night. The Heat looking to get their first win. Um, the Heat are a four-and-a-half-point favorite in that matchup, Spence, against the Pelicans opening game on Christmas Day. Yeah, I, I have the Pelicans on my ticket. This is the converging of two decently big storylines. The Heat are going to look to bounce back you know, after a disappointing opening loss, but they're a team that we know has a lot of experience that can do that very quite very easily. You have one of the best coaches in the league. On the same side, the Pelicans started off their season hot, and they're going to go into this game looking to get another big win and just kind of cement themselves as legitimate playoff threats. Uh, not you know not final threats, but to make the playoffs in that sense. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I really do feel like the Heat are going to bounce back. But what has surprised me is the Pelicans just kind of come off being like the big trophy team that everyone can talk about on the radio. I do. Spence, I think the early slate of games really take the cake on Christmas Day in basketball. The next one, eleven thirty Pacific time here in Vegas, uh, the Golden State Warriors travel to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. I, I'm really excited. I know the Warriors did not get off to their best start, but I'm going to be excited to watch that young team every time they take the floor. Hoping they get Draymond Green back in this game. Not sure with that foot injury. Uh, but Milwaukee's a 10-point favorite here in the second game on Christmas Day. Golden State, Milwaukee, Spence. This is a very interesting game. I don't I don't necessarily think it's the best game of the day, but that's a big line. I think that's the most interesting part about all of this. This is the first kind of – it's weird to see Golden State be 10-point uh, dogs, especially with Steph Curry in the lineup. I don't know if that – that might be the biggest line he's ever had since he's played. It'll be a pretty big one. Uh, Spence, the, the next game may be the best one on the entire board. The Brooklyn Nets travel to Boston to take on the Celtics, two teams that won their first game. This one will tip off at 2 o'clock Pacific time. Brooklyn, three-point favorite. Spence, I expect this one to be quite exciting. Kyrie taking on his old Celtics team. Kevin Durant back on Christmas Day, having a nice performance in his first game. Uh, man, this, this one probably will take the cake as the best of the day. Brooklyn, a three-point favorite. How do you think? This one will shape up. This is this is awesome, and it's so unfortunate, especially for this game, that there are no fans. This is probably yeah. the game that you'd want to see people in there. Just the booze. I mean, when fans come back, Kyrie is not going to get a very warm reception. That's for sure. This is it. Though. I mean, this is the, this is how we find out how serious the Nets are. Not to say if they lose this game, they don't have any chance to make the finals. But I'm curious to see. We know how the Warriors are a new team; they're trying to figure it out. But the Celtics are basically the opposite of that they're looking to really make this is a huge year for them like we talked about last show the Nets, if they can come in and beat the celtics oh it's it, the twitter is going to be on fire especially if kevin durant plays up to where they think he can be or if he can play pretty much as well as he did in that first game yeah i'm kind of curious what the defensive matchup will look like who they'll have on durant I, I think they'll even put Marcus Smart on him a little while, even though that size discrepancy. But I'm interested, Jason Tatum, who matches up Jason Tatum and who Jason Tatum matches up with defensively. This is going to be a great game, Spence. I'll be tuned into that one, no question about it. Two more games left on the NBA Christmas slate for tomorrow. Dallas travels to L.A. to take on the Lakers, both teams looking for their first win. I think the Lakers could start off 0-2 here, Spence. The Lakers will be a six-point favorite, though. Mavericks-Lakers, what do you think about that one? I see no reason the Lakers don't blow them out. I think we're kind of on opposite sides. Luka Doncic will have another good game because, you know, the Lakers just don't have any real stoppers at the one and two guard position. So he'll have a field day, but LeBron is going to take full advantage of the fact that he'll most likely be matched up on Kleber. 
Tim Hardaway Jr. for sure isn't going to guard LeBron. And without Kristaps Porzingis, who's going to guard Anthony Davis, let alone Marcus Saul? I just, nothing about the Mavericks excite me. They're going to get desperate, I think, early in the season to make a, a move. And hopefully it's not a dumb one for them. Spence, uh, finishing up the NBA Christmas slate, the Clippers looking for a little revenge, taking on the Nuggets. Um, Clippers only a two and a half point favorite. I think the Clippers get that revenge. I think they may blow out the Nuggets tomorrow. They are playing pretty upset to start the season. They watched the Lakers get their ring ceremony, and they were a little pissed off about that. And now they get to play against a team that embarrassed them. So it's like the redemption tour to start the season. I agree with you. I think, and plus the Nuggets, like I said, just don't look serious to start the season out. You do like that against an upset uh, Clippers team, who we know is has kind of that NBA 2K roster. So this, oh man, if the Nuggets beat them again, I would just be so shocked. I'd be surprised. And that's a short line. So if, if you're looking to get a little value there, I think uh, you might have some on the Clippers. Spence, happy holidays to you, my friend. Uh, Merry Christmas Eve to everyone listening out there. And thanks for joining us here on the rest stop. Uh, we've gotten heavy NBA here to start because as the holidays are rolling around, the NBA is front and center of the sporting world right now. But as always, as we do every Thursday, myself and Spencer the Wiz will get into our NFL pick segment, and the picks will start off on Christmas Day as we're coming into week 16 of the NFL season. Anything you could do, I could do better. Ha! I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> Anything you can be, I can be greater. Spence will start it off Christmas Day. The Vikings travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. We're using William Hill as our lines for our picks today. William Hill has the Saints as a seven-point favorite. Uh, you know I've been off the Vikings bandwagon for quite some time. I'm going to jump back on for the pick segment in the against the spread here because I think the Vikings match up well against the Saints. Usually that's when they have a pass rush. They have zero pass rush this year. But I still think Drew Brees uh, in the pocket will lead to some possible mistakes, and I think the Vikings' offense will be good enough. I think they may have their best performance uh, of the year, even though it's too little too late. I'll take the Vikings in this, this one plus seven. Yeah, I think the Vikings just love to play the Saints, and just that's <laughs> the biggest circle of that game for whatever reason. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with you there. Even if they don't win the game, it feels a little too high, six and a half, because we, we still don't know what we're going to get out of Drew Brees necessarily just yet. Well, I got seven here, Spence, and it's, it seemed to be stead, steady at seven. It hasn't really moved too much, so we'll see if it moves. Uh, if it moves six and a half, that's really saying a lot because it's been kind of steady at seven. And, and the Vikings really, uh, they don't even deserve to be that. The way they played, they don't deserve to be that close. Uh, they're not really a good team, but I think they have a good spot here. Next matchup, Spence, as we start to go into the Saturday portion of the schedule this week, Tampa Bay travels to Detroit to take on the Lions. Lions are a home nine-and-a-half-point underdog. This is a tough one, Spence, because I don't like laying a lot of points with the Bucs, but, man, uh, the Lions have not been very good. Tampa Bay has not blown a lot of people out. Uh, but, gosh, I just don't know that I can go with the Lions here. Uh, but Matthew Stafford's tough also. Uh, I'm going to kick myself here, Spence, but I, at last-minute change of heart, I'm going to take the Lions plus the nine and a half. I can't do it anymore. I, I can't depend on the Lions to just kind of – keep into games i'm I, what i'm gonna hope for is that tampa and but tampa bay has been just not looking great in certain spots they barely beat the falcons that's a divisional game 
you know what? I'm going to take the Bucks here. I'm going to say they blow them out very similar to the way that they did the Panthers a few weeks ago. Yeah, I really want to jump on with you, Spence, but I, I, I'm going to I'm going to take a risk there and go with the Lions. Next one, divisional matchup: the 49ers travel to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. 49ers just signed Josh Rosen off Tampa Bay's practice squad. I don't know if he gets to start. Clearly, they're scrambling at quarterback in San Francisco. These division games are always so tough, and we know the Niners play close in that division. Are they too banged up at quarterback though to be competitive? Uh, I really don't. I really like going dog in these divisional matchups with the NFC West, but I'm going to go favorite here. Give me Arizona minus five. I'm going to go Arizona as well. I, I just think I think they're finally starting to feel a little desperate. The Cardinals. I mean, they get that really close win against the Eagles, and it really does look like the 49ers are starting to pack it up a little bit. When you start signing guys like Josh Rosen to potentially play on your football team. That means that you're looking towards next season already, maybe looking to get the best draft pick possible. It's a shorter, it's a short, pretty short line for a team. I mean, they should blow them out. So I'll take the Cardinals too. Spence, the next matchup, uh, you'll be having an eye on this one. Your Las Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium taking on the Dolphins. The Raiders are an underdog here at home of three points. Are the Dolphins healthy enough to keep this winning streak going? They're 11 and three against the spread, which lead the league as far as against the number. I don't know what the quarterback situation looks like. All, all I'm hearing at a Raiders camp is Derek Carr is trying to be uh, on point to play. If he does play, I like the Dolphins. If Mariota starts, I'll, I'll, I like the Raiders. So there, there's my choice. Yeah. Uh, so Derek Carr was upgraded to a full participant in practice. He just He's doing this despite me because he knows I like Marcus Mariota. Yep. I think it's a personal thing against me because he listens to the show. It bums me out. I wish I could have seen Marcus Mariota play at least once more, but they're going to pick up his option. There was a little rumor that they weren't, but obviously they're going to now. The Raiders are going to get blown out in this game. It's not going to be very close. I expect it to be like 35 to 14, something around there. So I'm really heavy on the Dolphins this week. If Mariota started with starting, would you have a different opinion? It'll be 28 to 35 if Mariota starts. And that speaks a lot to the uh, Raiders' defense, as Spencer the Wiz thinks teams will go up and down the field on them, as they have up to this point. So, uh, like I said, Spence, if, if, if Carr starts, I like the Dolphins. If Mariota starts, I like the Raiders. Uh, next matchup, uh, of course, I'm so disgusted with the New York Jets. They're at home as a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. I think, of course, it was their Super Bowl last week, winning in tremendous underdog fashion. I don't usually like betting the Browns, especially as a road favorite, but uh, the Jets aren't 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 that good. Uh, give me the Browns minus nine and a half. Yeah, they're only getting that line because they won last week. They'll go back to being the terrible team that they are, and Jets fans will just be even more upset that they won last week. Give me the Browns. Spence, the Bengals off their Super Bowl win pretty much. They travel to Houston to take on the Texans. I think it's another scenario. The teams uh, like Cincinnati and like the Jets, they had their best games, and they, they unleashed their load uh, too quick. So give me the other side this week. I'll take the Texans minus eight. That feels like such a big line. The Bengals and Houston, huh? Yep. Ooh, this is a this is the hardest game to call for the week for me. Think so? It really is. Can Houston be any team by eight points? Have they done that even once this entire season? I don't think so. I don't think they have. I'm going to take the Bengals here. That's just such a that's a bizarre line. I know it's. I'm probably going to get burned by recency bias here, but I think anybody can score points against the Texans. Not that Houston can't score themselves, but I don't know. It's too awkward for me. I'm going to take the Bengals. Could be right, Spence, but with um, 
with Ryan Finley only throwing for about 80 yards last week, uh, I, I think the Bengals will come back down to earth. So we'll see how that one shapes up. Spence, the Colts travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. The Colts are a road one-and-a-half-point favorite. Starts this one off. Do you think the Steelers get back on track here? I feel like they need to, but we said last week, oh, the, the Steelers will get right back on track against the Bengals. Divisional game, it's a little awkward. But Ben Roethlisberger has to play well before I start betting on them ever again for the rest of the season. And if he's going to have another bad game, it's going to be the Colts defense that's going to take advantage for a guy that looks more and more immobile every single game. And we know the Colts have a very good pass rush. I'll take the Colts on a short line, the one, minus one and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I got to keep going against the Steelers until they prove that they can fix this, which I don't know that they can. Uh, they may not win another game the rest of the year. It's very possible. Uh, so even though I don't, I don't, I don't love the spot. If there was, if the Steelers had any semblance of a quarterback or backup quarterback that I trusted, uh, at this point in the season, I'd go Steelers, but I just don't trust big Ben right now. I think, like you said, he's looking older and older each week. Give me the Colts minus one and a half Spence. The bears travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. The bears are feeling themselves after a couple straight wins. They feel like they're back and playoff conversation. They're seven and a half point road favorites uh, i think the jags completely have mailed it in they're looking for trevor lawrence and that being said uh bears are playing pretty well right now i'll take the bears minus seven and a half yeah the jags i think called a play action pass play on the one on their own one yard line they're packing it in the players aren't uh, tanking but the play calling is so they got handed trevor lawrence on a silver platter i mean they're just thinking their stars with the jets are just such a in- inept franchise they're going to make sure they get Trevor Lawrence. They're going to get absolutely eviscerated in this Bears matchup. I'm going to take the Bears as well. Yeah, I agree with you there, Spence. The Falcons travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Chiefs, 10.5-point home favorite. Uh, this could be, Is this the one where the Chiefs get back on track, Spence? I, I, I'm not going to do it. They have not covered a game in two, three months. Uh, have they even covered a game all year, it seems like, at this point? Uh begrudgingly I'll take the Falcons because I hate the Falcons too, but the Chiefs can't cover. So I'll, it's a big number. I'll take the Falcons plus 10 and a half. Let me see the Chiefs do it. And then I'll go back to betting on them. They had a very short line. I said, they'd be able to cover that against the Saints. They weren't. And that hook I think is going to be the difference in this game. Give me the Falcons uh, who just played decently in certain spots and keep it close against good teams. And, you know, they blew out the Raiders and stuff like that too. Even though they don't have a great record, I think they can stay within the number here. Spence, the next game, divisional matchup, AFC West, uh, the team that is now number one on my hate list, uh, one and 1A with the Jets and the Broncos. Uh, I hate these teams one and 1A. They both screwed me royally last week. They travel to SoFi to take on the Chargers. So it's an easy one for me. Chargers are minus three here. I think they blow out the Broncos. Uh, Jerry Judy is on Twitter talking about how he's so upset that Juju Smith-Schuster can't dance on the sidelines anymore. He should be worrying more about the dumpster fire that's his organization instead of commenting on what other organizations and teams are doing. He doesn't even have a quarterback that can throw him the ball. Uh, they can't even feel the quarterback uh, for 16 games this year. So uh, the focus is not there. A team that's probably going to be lost in the locker room with old man Vic Vangio leading the way and a bunch of young guys. Denver just gets worse. Uh, they get blown out here, I think, by 20, 20 to 30 points. It's it's not even close. <laughs> the Broncos are going to upset you again, Brian. When we talk about they're inconsistent, that means they do get worse. just called me Brian Spence? Come on. Get it together. <laughs> Wake up here. 
Uh, no, I, I think for sure the Bron- I think the Broncos are going to win this game, and they're just going to make you more mad. And you're going to talk about next week how they're uh, one week they win, one week they lose. And any divisional game, something could happen. Give me the field goal. I think the Broncos probably win 21 to 17. If the Broncos win this game, there's no question I probably set fire to something. So just keep that in mind. As Spence tries to get uh, my name right here, it's sitting right here on the screen. Uh, the Carolina Panthers travel to Washington to take on the football team. The football team, we don't know who they'll fo- field at quarterback as uh, Dwayne Haskins, of course, uh, with this COVID situation, and he was already in the doghouse. Alex Smith, we don't know if he's healthy enough. The football team is a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I love their defense, uh, and Carolina has not played that great. So I'm going to go quarterbackless and say the Washington football team covers that short number. Give me Washington minus one-and-a-half. Did you say if Dwayne Haskins is starting or not? I, I'm I, not sure. I'm not sure if he is with this COVID situation. I'll have to look into that a little bit more. He's on track to start versus – I'm going to take the Panthers here. Yeah. This is a guy who was kind of given his last chance in the NFL to be a starting quarterback. Throws for 55 times, only throws for 230 yards, the two interceptions, and then he rewards himself by going to a strip club immediately after violating team rules. <laughs> And I just think the Panthers are going to smell blood in that. I, they're a very professional football team. Uh, if they can get a few, if they if they can get some talent on their team, there's no reason that they can't, uh, you know, be a decent team in the years to come. Uh, I will 100% take the Panthers. I think they win this game. Spence, the third team on my hate list. It's an NFC West showdown between the Rams. In Seattle, the Rams completely ruined all Jets fans' hopes and Jets 0-16 ticket betters as their most disgusting performance and unexcusable performance of the year, losing to a team that hadn't won. Uh, The Rams are pathetic. They lose this game to Seattle. I'll take the short one and a half. Give me the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Rams in this game. Uh, Divisional game. It's hard to lose twice to a divisional opponent when you're both good. Look. Both good? Who? The Rams? (laughs) Stop. They just lost to the Jets. Jared Goff. Yes. It's an anomaly. He even made a Super Bowl. He'll never make a Super Bowl again. I'm tired of this Sean McVay bull crap. Uh, boy genius. He is so over it. They got so lucky going to the Super Bowl. They couldn't even score double digits. They'll never make a Super Bowl again. Jared Goff is so pathetic. It's ridiculous. And I'm tired of hearing about McVay. Oh, his bye week. He's watching the NFL Network. Big deal. He's so overrated. I'm done with the Rams. They're not going to win this game. They're going to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. They stink. Don't tell me two good teams when you lose to the Jets, who haven't won all year. And they're so pathetically ran. They got a horrible general manager. Their head coach they should have fired last year. He's still sticking around. Unbelievable. I think you're just I think you're just angry. I think that's what it comes down to. If if you sort through the, the feelings there and you look at kind of their resume this season, they've gotten a few wins. Again, this is a, another kind of divisional game. The Rams are probably gonna win it. I, I hate to tell you that, but it's just the reality. Well, Spence, I'll have to monitor the Broncos and Rams because if they, you, you should go ahead and put in a little underdog ticket, Broncos, Rams, and then you should taunt me on Tuesday if it happens because if it does, I may light this entire uh, house on fire in that segment. So it'll be quite the segment. It'll go viral as there's an inferno 
uh, happening behind me as we do a live podcast as you That's wave great. your Broncos Rams money line ticket in my face. Speaking of money line tickets, though, Spence, it was posted online. If you were to take the Jets and the Bengals on a two-team parlay, uh, $200 would have paid you $19,000. And Spence, if I could just go back in time a little bit, I liked a handful of dogs. I liked the Bears to win. They were an underdog. I liked the Chargers. They were an underdog against the Raiders. So if I take the Bears, I take the Chargers, and I throw on the Jets and the Bengals, a four-team money line parlay, uh, 100 bucks would have paid me $50,000. we would be doing the rest stop from Cancun right now. You uh, you gotta you can't go back in time like that though. I mean, everybody would like to say that they made the perfect four team. Or it's just I was I, looking, I was scouring my app. I'm I like, right, what are the biggest dogs I could take? I like the Chargers. I like the Bears. If I just would have thrown the Jets and Bengals on there, we'd be we'd be sitting pretty on a yacht right now. I told you about the Jets. I said that you you going down to the last one. This is the best odds. This is the highest favorites <sighs> to be. Uh, the, the highest dogs are going to be for the rest of the season. Put a few bucks down and hedge your bet. You didn't listen to me. Spence, you got to remind me, man. You got to beat it into my head <laughs> like a hammer. All right, Spence, next game, NFC East. Uh, team's still fighting for a division title. The Eagles traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Are the Eagles all of a sudden with Jalen Hurts uh, warranted to be a favorite now, Spence? It's win or go home. This is, this is the first playoff game in the season, technically, so – I just, I actually like what the Cowboys are doing. I, I think they have the momentum. I, I think they're going to be, everyone's a little too high on the Eagles. Although if he's going to light someone up, it's going to be the Cowboys. But still, the, the Cowboys offense is moving now. And I don't think it's going to be the Eagles. It's going to be the one to slow them down. They couldn't slow down the Cardinals. Why are they going to do it against the Cowboys? Spence, I'm actually with you here. I like the Cowboys as a dog. I think the receiving core is a lot to handle. And, and I've talked about Tony Pollard, the backup running back for Dallas, being quite effective. And he's got some some good touches, and he's an effective playmaker. Uh, I'll take the Cowboys as the underdog here, plus two and a half. Spence, uh, here's an underdog that I like this week. Tennessee Titans traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Packers, a three-point favorite. We remember earlier in the year when the Vikings got that big upset win in Green Bay, they ran all over Green Bay and Green Bay had a hard time stopping the run for a little bit of time there. They're going to have a hard time stopping the run against Tennessee. And then when Tennessee decides to pass it in the play action game, uh, I think Green Bay is going to have their hands full. Uh, Green Bay is going to take a loss for the first time in quite some time. I think Tennessee give me plus three and the outright win. Yeah. Is there any reason that this couldn't be a potential Super Bowl matchup? I think Tennessee has the capabilities when you can run the football like that. And we know how anybody in the NFC essentially can make it. And the Packers should be favored, although I could see them losing at any point in the playoffs as well. But with that being said, I agree. If if their defense is going to look bad again against the run, it's going to be against Tennessee. This is this could be a potential 200-yard game for Derrick Henry. I say that and you'll probably have like a 50-yard game with no touchdowns. But still, I'll take uh, the, the dogs here. I'll take the Titans as well. I think they probably do win this game. Spence, last game on the list for Week 16, the Buffalo Bills travel to New England to take on the Patriots. Uh, a road seven-point favorite for Buffalo. I know these divisional matchups are so tough to choose, but I, I think the Patriots may be packed in also. Buffalo is riding really high right now. I'll take the Bills as a road favorite, minus a seven. I agree with you. I just think I'm going to get burned in this one because every time I seem to – I'll be on the Patriots a couple of weeks and then they'll prove me that they're just not a very good football team. I'll go against them and they'll have their big win of the season. It's a divisional game. I don't know. I'm just going to stick with you. I'm going to go with the Bills and probably regret it. 
There you have it, Spence. We got some some of the same sides there. We'll see how it shapes up week 16. Uh, and that was the Christmas Eve edition of the Rest Stop and our week 16 pick segment. Uh, I appreciate Spencer the Wiz, as always, joining me. Follow him on Twitter, at Spencer the Wiz. I hope everybody has a great Christmas Eve and Christmas Dave. Happy holidays. And if you missed any part of the show, make sure you go to Google Podcasts. Audio Boom, iTunes, search Landry Football Conference Call and the rest stop. We'll be right there. Have a great weekend. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll be back on Tuesday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. This is the rest stop. Have a great weekend. And